0: Hi everyone, welcome to SEO Podcast by SEO Sly. I'm Olga Zar, your host, and today I have a very special guest. I've been following this guest for a very long time, so I'm really honored to have him here. So this is Nathan Gotch. Nathan Nathan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, awesome. So Nathan, for people who don't know you, but I am I'm not sure if there are a lot of such people, can you like briefly introduce yourself? And then i will start interrogating you
1: oh i can't wait um so <laughs> so i i am nathan gotch uh, i started my business in uh, 2013 was when i started but did my th- first official uh, year in 2014 under gotch seo um, and i've i've been doing this thing for a really long time I, i've really been uh, for the last yeah, going on 10 years now at this point um worked on hundreds of seo campaigns uh, I have a training program that I've had hundreds and now probably thousands of students gone through at this point. Um, and then I also create a lot of content. So um, that's how most people probably know me because I tend to create a lot of content. Um, and so, you know, over the last 10 years, hopefully at some point, some of you have seen me. Um, but at a, at a high level, um, I've just basically been completely obsessed with SEO for 10 years straight. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: Similar to me regarding obsession. Yes. And also for around 10 years. Yeah. I remember when I started working in SEO, maybe not when I was starting, but when I started at at a different SEO agency in Poland, a very big one, I remember they were using your templates for a lot of big clients. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I remember. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, that's super cool. Well, They probably changed a lot since then. My templates, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, but well, I remember
0: they have in their kind of um, the place where, where they store stored all their best resources for new people who are coming. And I remember your templates were there. <laughs>
1: cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. To hear that.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, so let me start with a lot of questions I'll be asking you. So first how did it all start? So around 2013, you're saying, so how did it happen that you landed in SEO?
1: Yeah. So it actually it actually started before then, to be yeah. honest. So I, I actually, um, this is 2011 going into 2012. Um, I was actually going into my senior year of college and <clears throat> I was actually going to be, my path was to be a lawyer. So oh. um, that was kind of what I was gonna do. I was getting a degree in political science and I was my plan was to take the LSAT and then get into law school. Um, but little did my family know that I actually didn't wanna do that. Uh, so um, nice. so what I really wanted to do was, I, I, I had always wanted to do something online. Um, I didn't really know that I like, wanted to run a business per se, um, but I have like prior to that when I was in high school and actually even in middle school, I'd play a lot of online video games. So, um, and I was like a very obsessive type of behavior. Like I would, I, I prioritized playing the video games over school, like that was how bad it was. Um, and so I always loved the internet. And, um, and I just like, I even remember the early days of YouTube. Like, like when it was so, like before Google even owned YouTube I was on there it
0: uh-huh. was the
1: greatest thing on earth. Um, but of course I didn't know, I had no idea that it would be like, there'd be business implications um, so going into my senior year, this is 2011, I started, I just had the idea. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to search for ways to make money online. That was what I wanted to do. Like, I'm gonna, yeah,
0: that was my beginning too, yeah, looking yeah. for and how to earn money online. Right.
1: And that's a pretty common story. Um, it's not, you know, most people who end up kind of where we are seem to, that kind of is, you know, is the catalyst. Um, but so I did that. I searched and then I stumbled upon all kinds of ideas, doing paid surveys, uh, you know, writing essays for college students, not saying that was a good idea. Um and just anything, even selling my my college books like on Amazon. I even tried that. Um, and then one day I was like, "Man, this is." I was doing paid surveys like crazy, and my my wife now, but she was my girlfriend at the time. She's like, "You can't like just do paid surveys for the rest of your life." So, um, so anyway, I was like, "Yeah, I don't think this is super scalable." I was making like ten cents an hour. So uh-huh, okay,
0: um, <laughs> and so I was like,
1: "I think I need to make a pivot here." Uh, and so I found this course. I, I, basically by accident, Uh, it was called web colleagues
0: Uh and
1: it was a $47 course. And like, I was a college student I was broke. So I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I can pay 47 bucks. This is like the biggest investment. Um, And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do it. I had no money. So I went and did it. And um, this course was in hindsight, not the highest quality thing I've ever seen, but it did actually show me some stuff that really became like the starting point for what I did. And one of the things it showed me was how to start a blog. Uh, it said, you know, like it showed all these different ways to make money online. And one of them was like, just start a blog, write about something you like and then monetize it. And I was like, I feel like I could do that. Um, Cause I already, I was an okay writer being in political science. So. Um, so what I did is I had to figure out like, what would I even create a blog on? Uh, Cause I had no skills. <laughs> so I had to figure out what that was going to be. But I realized like, all right, well, what's like, what's the one thing that I know how to do at this point? And I was uh, um, on my college baseball team. Um, and so I was like, I know how to pitch. I know how to throw a baseball. So why don't I just start a baseball pitching blog? Hmm. So that's what I did. I started a baseball pitching blog. And like most people experience when you start a blog, I had zero traffic and no one cared about it. Um, and I was writing content like crazy, just like anything. I was just throwing stuff at the wall, writing any type of content, didn't even matter. Um, and then of course, months went by and I'm like, okay, I don't think this is going to work. I need to do something. Yeah, yeah. So I need to do something different. So went right back to Google, once again, and I was like, how do I get traffic to my blog and come to find out SEO is one of the best ways to get traffic to your website without paying for ads, which of course I had no money, so I couldn't pay for ads. So I had to, I had to use SEO. Um, and so when I found that it was like, I, I literally hit the jackpot. I was like, Whoa, I can, I can have people come to my, like, I can create content and Google will send me traffic. That was like a mind blowing revelation. Um, and so I started just like implementing everything I was learning, like every little thing that I could find, I'd be like, all right. And then I'd go and implement on my blog and be like, Oh, that did something. And then I just would go back and forth doing that over and over. And then eventually I started getting traffic. I started making money from AdSense. Uh, I made my first affiliate sale. I still remember where I was when I made that first sale. I was like (laughs) on the way to go bowling one night and I was like, oh my gosh, I made a commission. (laughs) Like it was like crazy. I was like, this is, and then as soon as that happened, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I I want, like I knew at that point, I was like, this is what I want to do. And this is 2012 and I was about to graduate. um, And then I was like, well, I got to keep, getting my skills better. Like my long-term ambition was to be able to take clients on. Cause I knew that was like one of the best ways to monetize this skill set. So for me, I was like, all right, I'm just going to create, keep creating websites and just keep ranking them and keep refining my skills. And this is always like, people think this is weird when I say this, but like, I wasn't even trying to really make money. I was just trying to get better at SEO. I know it's mm-hmm. a very weird thing, but I, like, I, I would literally like, I, I create an undercounter ice maker reviews website TRX reviews, same with, reviews. Same
0: with me, really. Very very yeah. similar beginnings.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was creating all these sites, and and at the time it was much easier to rank, right? So yeah. I, I could, I did a lot more gray hat stuff back then. So I would, you know, create a create private blog networks or use Web 2.0s, and I would hit the site, yeah. um, and just you could rank within 30 days. Like it was so easy. Um, and then of course a lot has changed since then. Uh, But that was the beginning is like all these sites. And then, um, and then fortunately, I don't always say fortunately, but I got laid off from my job in 2013. I was doing security after I graduated and I would be working on my side projects, like the whole, like every free moment I had, I'd work on my side projects. And I got laid off from that job. I was like, all right, well, I got to make a decision here. So either I can stay in California, try to get a job here in SEO, or um, I can move to St. Louis to be with my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. Um, and so I made the decision just to come to St. Louis and mm-hmm. I came here and my goal was like, all right, I'm going to get an SEO job. Like, I'm just going to try to work in-house somewhere. So I applied for every single SEO company in St. Louis at the time, like every agency, anyone who wanted SEO, I was there applying. I got one response, uh, and one interview and, uh, I did not get the job. So
0: uh-huh.
1: that was the point where I was like, okay, well now I've got my second uh, decision to make here. And that was, I'm going to have to just go all in on getting clients. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I made that, that decision I had, you know, my, my startup capital was 500 bucks cause I had a 500 I had a credit card with a $500 limit. So I was like, this is it. This is my startup capital. So and similar. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that was the beginning. And so that's when I started got actually, I actually had started gotcha SEO. Um, in 2013, I like just registered it. I didn't do a whole lot on it. And then 2014 was really when I started actually end of 2013. It's like uh, this October, 2013, I started to work to get clients. Um, and I did in a variety of ways. I went on Craigslist every single day and replied to every single gig that was about SEO, like every single one. I actually got some clients from that. I got my first kind of handful of clients from that. Got some white label service partnerships, and that was giving me a nice foundation to work with. Uh, and at the same time, I was building up my SEO on Gotch SEO so I could rank for St. Louis uh, SEO or St. Louis SEO company. Um, and then I also would every single day go on Quora and answer questions. So like I was using those three things and like that was enough to get me going. And I, I got my first handful of clients uh, and quickly, I my, my huge goal at the time was I wanted to get to $3,000 a month. Like if I could get to $3,000 a month, I figured I'd be like good to go for the rest of my life. Um, totally. And so, and then I got there like really fast and I was like, oh, okay. I want well, more. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I wouldn't mind making more. I guess I'll go for it. Uh, and then I just kind of went all in on it at that point. I was like, wow, I actually see that I could potentially do this. Um, and I ended up, I, I remember this like my first my first year, 2014, um, I think I made two two oh three 203 in revenue my first year. And then I made I was like 105 or 108 in profit my first uh-huh. like full year. And I was like, wow, this is insane. I can actually do this. I can actually like make that was that, that was the most money I had ever seen ever, like uh-huh. in my life. So um so it just opened the door for me and I was like, I, I can I'm gonna I'm doing this. So um, so now I, I run a bigger business uh, that's very different now, but, but that's kind of the, if you want to call it the origin story of, of kind of where Mm -hmm. I got going. So.
0: Okay. And I read that you also had the agency at some point, and this is, I think basically what brought you to create this whole gotch SEO system, right? If I, if I am understanding this correctly, so can you tell me more about how you started to grow because I, because I understand you are not a single SEO consultant like I am. There is basically one more person here for, with me. I'm not an agency right. and you were at some point. So tell me, can you tell me more about the growth? How many people there were, there are, what's kind of, what were you struggling with when you were, when you were running an SEO agency?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, when I first started, it was literally just me and a couple of freelancers. Um, and that was, that taught me a lot. And I realized like, I can't work 16 hours a day forever. That was when I realized I was like, this is going to be like unsustainable. Um, like Mm -hmm. I wasn't even like going out to dinner with my wife. I was just like, it was all just constant work all the time. And I could feel this is like 2015 ish. I started to feel kind of like, yikes, this is going to be really difficult to do for an extended amount of time. Mm Um, I was making good money by most standards, but like it, I was gonna get burned out. So I started thinking about okay, like how do I how do I expand out of this? Um, and what I did is I started just looking for different ways to outsource little components of things that I was doing. Um, and that worked well. I you know, I, I had a couple of VAs and freelancers that were doing work for me, worked with a couple vendors, and I started to get a little bit of relief. Then um, funny thing is I actually hired uh, my best friend from college, and then actually hired my wife. Uh, they were my first two like in-house employees. Uh, so that was the, that was the big um, turning point there. But I just made so many mistakes with that. I just had no clue how to run a business. No Can idea you name how to manage-
0: some?
1: Yeah. What was that?
0: Can you name some of those mistakes?
1: Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. We Yeah. I mean, how long do we have? Um, as much <laughs> so, as <needed>. so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, many mistakes. Uh, so uh, w- and of course, this is all in retrospect. And now I know what mistakes not to make. But I'll just tell you at the time, the mistakes I, I made, number one by far, is I had no systems. Mm-hmm. No systems. So I thought that people would just solve my problems. And that was a huge mistake because I just figured, like, hey, I'll bring you on and you know, l- just figure out what to do and like let's go. You know, that was kind of uh-huh. like my my mentality because that's kind of how I am. I'm I'm a self-starter. I can go and do things without people telling me what to do. Kind of that's how entrepreneurs are really. Um, But I didn't realize not everyone's the same way, right? And and that's, That's, so I had to learn that. And so now for me, it's all thinking about the systems, right? Like before you even bring someone onto your team, like, do we have a foundation for them to succeed? And if the answer is no, then you shouldn't bring them on. Like you're doing them a disservice. You're doing the business a disservice. It's bad all around. Right. So, um, so at that time, that was like the biggest mistake I made it was like, you know, my, you know, nothing against anyone who I hired, which is my, my wife and best friend. It was my fault. Um, but they just didn't know what to do. Like, and it wasn't their fault. It was just because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, come to work and I'll pay you and like, do some stuff. Like that was <laughs> basically what it was. Um, and so that did not work out super well for me. Uh, and so I had to refine my processes to make things better. Um, and what I found out is like to run a lean business, like a, a lean SEO services business, you don't need a massive amount of in-house employees. There's certain, there's certain things for in-house that is really important. Um, but there's so like, fortunately the SEO industry is, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of foundational Pieces in the SEO yeah. industry, a lot yeah. of structure. Cool. Uh, there's a lot of people that can do a lot of things really, really well on a, kind of like granular, micro level. So I figured I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna build a team, but it's not necessarily gonna be an in-house team per se. It's gonna be a team that's gonna be able to execute the work in the best way possible, so that I can remove myself from fulfillment, right? And that's the biggest yeah. struggle when you do SEO because like yourself or anyone who's been doing seo for a long time the hardest thing to do is to let someone else do SEo
0: yeah totally
1: right it's it's very very difficult because we in your mind you know that process you know what to look for you know the nuance um and so giving that up is very difficult especially when it's like what you would consider you're like your superpower almost um so for me that was really difficult but i i had to get over it and the way i got over it is i i figured like what could I do to like recreate myself as far as Mm -hmm. SEO goes, right? And so I figured the only way that that can happen is through systems. So I had to take everything that was out of my mind and put it into a standardized step-by-step process that has templates and procedures and all that good stuff. Um, And so that's what what my training is, is literally the systems I've built over the last 10 years. That's like, I don't even consider my training a course. It's not even a course. It's literally Mm -hmm. just like, Here's a template here's a standard operating procedure and here's a demonstration of me doing that thing so I've built it in a way so that like any person that comes on my team can just go right through there and find what they need anyone who comes in the training and their team members can go through and learn it um, mm-hmm. so I'm treating it more like a training mechanism for agencies but even even businesses in general like if you wanted to build an in-house team it's still the same outcome at the end of the day so So yeah, there's a lot we can get into on those different components, but that's kind of, that was kind of like the catalyst for me to build that system was like, I just did not do things the right way initially. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then I, and then just to kind of add a little more context to it, I was running the agency. um, And at the time I, at at its peak, I was probably, I had like 30 something clients Um, Uh and Probably I'd say when you include independent contractors and in-house, I probably had 25-ish people doing things for me. Oh. Um, But then I made a very, very crazy decision in 2018. Mm -hmm. I got very burned out by agency. Like I just got super burned out. I had been doing it nonstop for almost five years I was like, man, I don't, I just did not love the business model a whole lot at that point, because it was just like, you've probably experienced this yourself, but what happens is like you, a a business hires you. Okay. And they pay you, let's say they pay you $5,000 a month to do SEO. Okay. And then I increase their revenue by $5 million, but my retainer stays the same. Yeah. So they grow (laughs) a thousand percent but I say the same. So then you think about it, you're like, man, that's weird. Like it's weird yeah. that well, like it would stay the same when you just, you yeah, your revenue totally. went by a thousand percent. So that started to kind of weigh on me too. So I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to take control of my business and I need to create something. I need to create a product that has unlimited upside, something that I can control something that I can market and sell, sell and all that good stuff. Um, so that's, that was kind of like the academy. I, I created the mm-hmm. first version of the academy in 2016. Um, actually the first product I ever created in the SEO industry was called the anchor text Bible. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I have heard about this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I launched that in like 2014 or 15. Um, uh-huh. and I, I, it was, so it was, basically a PDF and I was like this intense guide about anchor text optimization. Um, and it sold decently. Uh, but then I didn't do anything up until 2016 when I launched the first version of the Academy. And once again, we can get into that. That was also a big learning experience. Um, and I've gone through many, many iterations of the Academy since tell me, then.
0: Tell me about that so, experience as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, so in 2016, I I was so deathly afraid to be on video. Um, and actually prior to that point, um, I this is when, I was, when my uh, wife and uh, best friend were still working for me we had um, Yelp. We signed up for the Yelp partner program and they came to, at the time it was my apartment where we were working out of. Um, They came there and they wanted to film like a video of us, like a business video, like to you talking about your business basically. Um, And so this guy came and like, I thought this was going to be like some production where like things were organized and like it was going to be, but he comes, he's like, okay, you guys ready to go? And I'm like, ready to go. What what do you you mean ready to go? Like, I thought we were going to have a script. Like, so literally on the spot, we had to come up with like, just on the spot about the business. And all I can say is when he turned that, that video on me, I felt like a deer in the headlights. I had nothing, nothing was running through there. It was just gone. It was most embarrassing experience at the time. I was like, I could, after it happened, I was like, I will never be on video. Never. Like I, I made that, I made that declaration. I'm like, I am never going to do that again. That was horrible. Um, and actually did kind of do that for a while up until 2016. Uh, I didn't touch video and like, I knew video was going to be a big thing at the time. Like it was clear YouTube video is going to be a big thing. I didn't care. I was like, no, I'm, I'm good at writing. I'm, I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, I'm going to stick to my, me. yeah, I'm going to stick to my strength, right? These, sometimes the stories we tell ourselves are usually just limiting beliefs,
0: right? Yeah, totally. And
1: so, so for me, that was my kind of like limiting belief. Like, no, I'm a good writer, so I don't need to do video, which is just not true. <laughs> so, um, so in 2016, going along with that, when I launched the first version of the Academy, I was so afraid of video, I did an all text version of the, of the Academy. So I literally like wrote out every single lesson and then put it into like a back end. And that was the training. It was terrible. Like that was a terrible experience. That was bad for the students. Like, and also I had no clue how to market or sell it either. So I I think I sold seven at the time. So I Uh launched it and I sold a whopping seven. And I was like, whoa, this, I have a lot to learn about this thing. Um, (laughs) So one of the things though, I was like, all right, I need to do video. I just made that decision. I'm like, I need to get over myself. I need to get over my fear and I need to do video. So I took baby steps. I didn't go straight into what I do now. I started just doing over the shoulder video, just recording my screen. So I did the first, like I redid the whole Academy. And I think the first version with the videos was like a hundred videos of just like oh. going through, diff- yeah, going through different things, screaming frog and just the whole process. Um, but I, at the time did not understand video quality. So the videos sounded terrible, like and and audio out of all the, of all the elements of video that people uh, won't tolerate is audio, right? Yeah. People will tolerate bad video. It's fuzzy and low quality. But if the, if the audio's off, people will be out. So that's, that was kind of the next thing is I actually went back and re-recorded all a hundred oh. videos <laughs> with a better microphone. And I mean, and it was still over the shoulder. So that was mm-hmm. like version 3.0. Um, to do that, and then that was the version I went with for a while, and then I was like, okay, I need to make it better again. So I did it again, I did, redid it one more time, um, and then it, I started to do a lot better with the marketing side of of the course. Like I would do this product launch model, which basically I would open it up for a week, I would cl- you know close as many deals as I mm-hmm. could, and then I would close and I would close enrollment. Um, and if you know if you interested in this, eighty uh, percent of my sales would come on the last day like without fail, yeah, without fail. I open it up on Monday, get a nice little trickle of early sales, middle of the week, basically dead. And then the last day is like just a spike. And then, so I made, I think my best launch, I did six figures in a week uh, with one of my launches. Yeah, and so that was like, I was like, whoa, this this could be a real business model. But the problem was like, the launch model was so stressful uh, and like, I was like, I got to make a lot of money in like a day. So hopefully this works. Um, and so it's kind of a scary model to work with, but it's good. It has a lot of benefits and the benefit is, is urgency and scarcity, which gets people to act. Right. Um, uh, cause if you just keep it open, Hey, I got a course or Hey, yeah. I got a training.
0: I can do it later.
1: Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So people, people will procrastinate. Um, so that was kind of a learning experience on that from, but then the Final piece of this, which is now where I am today. Um, I had all these people go through my training. I don't, I don't know, maybe a thousand or so people had gone through the training. Um, and I was selling for about a thousand dollars roughly at the time. Um, and I had some upgraded versions where like I would help you one-on-one. So then maybe there's like three, 000, four thousand dollars for the, mm-hmm. the upgraded version. Um, but what I found out is like I discovered that people who do online courses. The the statistic is that only 10% of people actually finish them.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yes. So, in my training, I was like, uh, I read that statistic. I'm like, oh, there's no way that people wouldn't go through my training, right? Like, oh, I created the best training. Why would they not go through it? And of course, I go and look at the back end and I was horrified to see the statistics. Uh, The the first statistic that disturbed me the most was that, like, I wish I could remember the percentage, but it's like 20% of people. Didn't even log in. They bought the training. They did not ask you even ask for a refund. They just bought the training and yeah. didn't even log in. I was like, why? why? right? And then I realized what the reason is. there's there's kind of a, a psychological reason behind that. And one of the reasons is that when people buy training or courses or education, they believe that they've done something.
0: okay, right? and so, that's enough.
1: Yes, it is. It really is. So you buy the training, you get that endorphin rush. You're like, oh yes, I I did something. Like I, I you know, I look, I, I, I went over the hurdle. I invested my money into this. I invested in myself, right? You did all this stuff and it feels good. The problem is like, it doesn't do anything, right? You didn't, nothing changed. You just bought it. You just bought something. It's like me buying a piece of paper. It doesn't do anything. Like you have to actually do the work. And that's where most people don't want to do it because they it's a it, it's a self-limiting belief for them as well, right? They mm-hmm. buy it and they're like, oh, but you know I bought ones before and I haven't done it. I haven't done the work. So then they're like, well, I'll get to it. And then yeah. they never get to it, right? That's a percentage of people. There's also a percentage of people, which is the majority, which just don't finish all of it, right? They just will do the roughly the 10 to 15%. So for me, my mind was at like 15% completion rate. So 15% mm-hmm. of people who would enroll would actually go through the whole training. Of course, mm-hmm. this is no shocker. The ones that went through the training were my most successful students, right? <laughs> Pretty crazy how that works, right? When you actually go through and you commit to it. Um, so for me, I looked at that and I was like, this can't, this can't stay the same. Like I can't, I can't honestly sell a training that people don't use. Like I, and I need them to go through. I need them to do the work because if they do the work, they will be successful. Just just what's going to happen? And so I, I decided that um, I was going to rebuild everything, like the program. One more the, time. The, again, this is probably like the fifth version or sixth uh-huh. version. I don't even know what it is at this point. I've done so many versions. But this version is very different. The current version is so different than anything I've ever done. And the one thing that it, there's a lot of different things. First of all, I went to a custom platform. No more Facebook groups. No more uh-huh. Political debates and groups. No more. And what platform, by the way? Uh, We're using so it's it's actually on WordPress on our website, but we're using a combination Uh of LearnDash and BuddyBoss. Okay, Um, yeah,
0: I'm asking because I'm also like trying to build something, but I I will probably be using Kajabi for that.
1: Okay, so I did have it Mm -hmm. on Kajabi, right? Nothing wrong. Yeah, nothing wrong with Kajabi, by the way. It's, It's fine but I just, I wanted to have an elevated experience Uh because I was going to be increasing the investment. And unfortunately, Kajabi, once again, nothing against Kajabi, but it, it, you, you, it lacks customization. Uh Right. And you see, you can do a lot of the things that you would want to do. And like, for me, one thing I really wanted to add to the program was some levels of gamification. Right. I Mm -hmm. wanted to have some, make it more fun, like get some rewards for what you're doing and, you can do that in those platforms is really difficult, like super difficult. So I knew the only way to, to handle that was we needed to get full control of the process. Yeah. So that's why we moved off Facebook, uh, moved off Kajabi and went to a custom build. Yeah. Uh, and even now it's not necessarily like the best, like the, the backend technology may not be the best solution, but it's working for what we have at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, so that was part one is like move to a custom platform, custom experience, and a community that's 100% focused on SEO, not like the latest news or the latest debate. I don't care about any of that. All I care about is focus on SEO, focus on business, focus on entrepreneurship. That's what the, so we're like, we're like a dictatorship in our group. Like that, like it's, if that's all it is. Like if you go into our group, you're not gonna see anything but SEO conversations, you're not gonna see anything but business conversations. We just don't tolerate awesome. anything else. Um, so that's kind of the first part, obviously I redid the program as well to make it much more systemized. Cause I found out that most of the people who use my training are SEO service providers, right? So I wanted to make sure they had the nice, clean templates, SOPs, everything to make their job way easier. Right. So that was, I redid that component. Uh, actually. Okay. Funny. So I'm just, re- just one question. Yeah. So this sure.
0: isn't for people who want to become better SEOs. This is for people who provide SEO services and want to become better at providing providing those services, like more efficient, have systems in place, right?
1: Uh, seventy percent of the people who join are in that that category. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we have we have other people who join who are you know DIY business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe other people who hired other agencies in the past and they didn't have a great experience. So they want to bring it in house. We have a lot of those people too. Okay. Um, it still works. I mean, the process is the same. Um, as far as my my SEO process. Um, but but that's kind of just who we tend to attract for the most part, and who I tend to help the best. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, so anyway, that's kind of, uh, and then I'm also creating a new version of our uh, system right now because of obviously what's been happening with AI, it's changed my whole process dramatically. Uh, there's so many little things that I've added yeah. that that integrate ChatGPT and various AI technology that's just made the process so much easier um, so i'm working on that new version but the other piece of this which i believe is like if you go and look at our, not to talk too much about our program but i just Please i, do. I it, That's yeah but um but uh but the one thing i added which is just for anyone to know this and this is something i i've realized um is so important in business especially in the day in this day and age of ai and automation and hey i you know scale let's scale as fast as we can and uh, you know what i added was something that was not scalable something that required my time and it was these coaching sessions so every tuesday and thursday i get on a coaching session like this on zoom and we have you know 30 40 people on it mm-hmm. and i answer every person's question about the training about campaigns they're working on um anything anything they want to talk about as far as business we can talk about right and so we go in there uh, I also share a lot of the tests that I'm doing in the field. So a lot of the SEO tests that I'm seeing, things that are working right now, things that are not working. I share that with them on the on the calls. Um, but I cannot express how much of a difference this made in the, the engagement in the group, the oh. amount of people that complete the training, but most importantly, the amount of people that succeed is through the roof. Um, mm. And... If you go and look at our data now, our completion rate, uh, is like
0: 90% Wow!
1: training. Yeah. And it's because that extra component of me actually showing that I care about their success actually makes a big difference, surprisingly. <laughs> um, so that's what I do. I have to, I think I'm, I'm up to almost like 250 of these calls I've done and they're, you know, 45 yeah. minutes to an hour and a half each call. So I've done like a lot, um, uh-huh. And so it's made just a huge difference in, in their success. And so for me, I'm always thinking about because of what I've learned from this is like in business, like what can I do that's going to be, what, what can I do that's not scalable that's going to create an incredible experience for my clients? That's it. So wow. with my, I have, I have my partner, Simon, who uh, is really the architect behind the new program because he, he had a similar program he worked with before and he came in and we, we rebuilt the program together. Um, and we always talk about like, what can we do? That's not scalable. That's going to really be like that. No one else would be willing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so always thinking about that, always trying to figure out what that's going to be and just always obsessing over like what's going to be the best experience for them. And we even make decisions sometimes that like are not financially the best decision in the short term, but in the long run, it is the best decision for the client. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, for example, I have a whole list of people in my training that have invested a lot of money with me. Um, it's a very well-known business strategy that you want to sell more to your existing customers, yeah. right? But I don't. I don't I, I'm not. I'm not trying to juice them for as much as I can.
0: Mm-hmm. They've made their
1: investment in the training, they've paid their tuition, and I've just been helping them. Now I, I have tons of people in the training who paid two years ago, and they're uh-huh. still getting all the coaching. Yeah. Awesome. Um, not to say I'm not gonna sell things in the future and they don't have to buy it, but it's more of just like thinking about like what's the best experience. And there's other programs where it's like you join, it's like, it's cool for the first 90 days and then you get slammed with pitch after pitch after pitch. And it's like, okay, well, I haven't even started with the first thing you gave me. So um, so anyway, that, that's a lot of what I've been working on. So I know we can dive into a lot of stuff on that. We talk obviously SEO stuff as well, but just wanted to kind of
0: yeah, give you the full picture. Yeah, sure, but maybe can you like in a very huge nutshell walk me through your SEO process of course without without revealing too much. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid because I know my my systems are so unique to me that it couldn't even be replicated. Uh-huh. So, um and I know you have a good SEO audit template as well, so um, yeah, I haven't yeah. had a chance to look at it, but I know I've I've seen some Stuff about yours, uh, as far as some drama as well. Yeah, we'll Um, we'll we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, Uh,
1: but um, but yeah, I think um, for me, it's pretty at a high level. It it always begins with keyword research, right? I always start with keyword research because it is truly the foundation of the campaign, right? Um, You pick the wrong keywords, you go down a very bad path. It just is. So, um, so for me. I've been obsessed about getting like my keyword research process in place. And the way it works is pretty simple. First is find keywords. Okay. We're going to find the keywords. And the the only two variations that I'm looking at in this front is does the website have existing keywords or is it a site that has no existing keywords? Mm -hmm. So it's not based on age. It's not based on whether it's new or old. It's just based on do they have keywords or do they not have keywords because that will determine which direction I go. If they have keywords, which when I say keywords, I mean are they ranking for keywords in the top 100 of, of Google? Okay, yeah. um, So you can go into Ahrefs, Semrush. Um, I know you know this, but for people who are watching, yeah, go into okay. Ahrefs or Semrush, put your domain in there, and you can see the total organic keyword footprint that you have. Um, so for me, I like really like to start on existing keywords, and the reason is because there's most websites are sitting on a gold mine of opportunity, right? So like from when I look at it, I look at okay, we have keywords ranking uh, in positions two to fifteen. Okay, that's kind of the first range I like to look at because of you know the low hanging fruits. Oh. Um, because if you have a keyword that's ranking number two, the amount of ROI from going to number two to number one is enormous. It's huge. I mean, most you know, we can debate obviously CTR studies, but. Yeah, yeah roughly, we know at number one, 30% CTR. Of course, there's things that influence. It could be featured snippets and ads and things that disrupt that. Mm -hmm. But on average, let's say 30% CTR for number one. Okay. Number two, that gets chopped to like 15%. So we're talking like a hundred percent decrease in clicks from one position. Yeah, And that's why I always think it's so funny when people jump into these campaigns, they're like, okay, what new keywords can we go after? I'm like- (laughs) New keywords, we've got keywords right here. We don't need to go after new keywords. So, and the thing is to get, it, it's harder to rank a brand new page than it is to rank a page that's already, Google's already has preference towards. Google's already telling you, hey, you're doing a pretty good job here. You know, just gotta, you know, manipulate some variables here. So for me, that's where I like to begin. Two to 15, tackle those ones and try to push those up as fast as possible. Um, and that's with these campaigns, like you push them up, you see a huge influx of organic traffic. Um, and obviously we can talk about which keywords to go after. That's a part of the equation as well. But, um, so that's the first part is figuring out, like starting to build out kind of buckets based mm-hmm. on the existing keywords. So for me, I call it, you know, low hanging fruits is two to 15, uh, 16 to 50. As far as position, I can just call it as existing. Also important keywords. There's a lot of opportunity there. And then from position 50 to 100, what I call clustering opportunities. And the reason I call them clustering opportunities is because my favorite thing to do is to take a page that's ranking in Google for a lot of keywords, put it into Ahrefs, and then see what it's ranking for at number like 65. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find more often than not is the keywords that are ranking that far back usually aren't super relevant to that core idea. And usually it's an indication that you need to build a dedicated page to support that, that keyword phrase. So, yeah. So, totally. yeah. so I, I I love going back there because usually it's crazy because you'll find all this opportunity to build all these separate assets that are going to support that main asset, which in return makes that asset perform better. So that's why I say when people are sitting on a gold mine, it's literally right there for you. It's like for the taking, you don't need to go and use answer the public to tell you it's right there.
0: It's yeah, literally totally. right there. Totally. So,
1: um, so that's where I like to live. Uh, and then from there, uh, not to get too crazy about keyword research, but so finding the keywords and obviously finding keywords is easy, right? Anyone can do that. That's not super difficult. Uh, the question is how do we determine what keywords to actually attack Well, what we know we have to invest resources into ranking these keywords. You don't want to make a bad decision. Um, and so for me, it's kind of goes find keywords, Qualify keywords, prioritize keywords. It's kind of that three-step process. Um, and so the qualification is I'm looking at a lot of different variables. And this is where my system gets a little more complex. Mm-hmm. But but a few variables I'm looking at. Number one is intent. I, I always start with intent because keywords that are towards the bottom of the funnel deserve more attention than those at the top of the
0: yeah, funnel. Totally.
1: Naturally, they're going to make you money. So the goal is to make money with SEO in most cases. There are some other use cases of SEO for reputation management, other other things. But you could argue even then that's technically to maybe decrease the amount of lost money from a bad Mm -hmm. reputation, right? So it always stems back to that core idea, which is money. Um, And so for me, I like to start at the bottom of the funnel and build my whole strategy around what's at the bottom. So I, I use like a point mechanism, like a scoring mechanism so if it's like a bottom of the funnel keyword, it gets a higher score. If it's a top of the funnel informational keyword, what is SEO? You know, type of thing, it gets a lower score, right? Because mm-hmm. the likelihood, like if let's use the case of my my training, right? If someone searches what is SEO, how far are they away from joining my training? Pretty far.
0: Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, very far. So, uh, so it gets a lower score. But there's you, so you could go pretty far just by kind of categorizing based on intent. You could do pretty well with that. But I also added another piece to it, which is relevance. Um, and relevance is not like just the relevance of the topic per se. It's the relevance of the keyword to whatever that company's core offer is.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: so for example, if I, if I go for the keyword um, SEO training for copywriters, okay? That's very, very relevant to what I do, right? So that would get a very high score. So in the relevance score because i offer seo training and there's a copywriting part in there so it's very very clear <laughs> yeah, that there's right a direct so. apples to apples relevance um but let's say it was best seo tools okay yeah it's relevant it's in the same kind of industry but it it's not it's not a, it's not going to lead to a direct conversion so it would get a lower score and then you, i just keep progressively going out and then eventually get to like i don't know you know, uh, let's say what is SEO or just SEO in general? Like once again, yes, as a whole it is, but not to what I sell specifically. Um, so I just keep going through that. And then honestly, if you just use those two metrics alone, you'll be better off than 99% of people yeah. doing
0: SEO. <laughs> like Totally. i like, totally.
1: like that's it. You just intent and relevance and you'll be better. Um, but for me, everything I do is built around making money. Like mm-hmm. I think about what the business wants the most. Does the business want a bunch of traffic or does the business want to make money when they invest in SEO, right? Um, and I, I've just seen this so many times. It's so frustrating. I have these people that when I was still taking on clients, they would come to me, i do a discovery call and I'd look at their site and I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, it's always the same thing. We increased our traffic, but our revenue didn't go up.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, yeah, because you're targeting like stupid keywords that don't have any value just to juice the numbers and unfortunately uh hopefully i hope that the people listening to us don't do this but if they do this is a little uh warning to you um juicing the traffic numbers is purely a play for the agency to appear that they're doing a good job
0: yeah totally right
1: it's not actually doing a good job it's and very just...
0: often with link building as well especially if Co-
1: this is correct The type of thing building. (laughs) Right. So so this this play to like juice the numbers to make it look good on the charts and make it look good on the graphs um, is that's why traffic is totally relative, right? Like, for example, I could rank for funny cat pictures and that will get me, you know, let's say hundreds of thousands of visitors per month. But I can also rank for personal injury lawyer in St. Louis, which gets 300 searches a month. Which one is worth more? Yeah. Like it's, it's really obvious which one is worth more, right? One personal injury lawyer could be worth a million dollars for one case. Uh, it, the amount of traffic I would need to make a million dollars of funny cat pictures is billions maybe of traffic to make the same amount. So it just oh, shows right. you the traffic. It, it's not, it, it's not a game of traffic per se. It's a game of relevant traffic, traffic that has a high probability of converting and, um, and so for me, I don't care about traffic. I care about ranking for the keywords that are going to increase the likelihood of making, of getting good quality leads and closing more deals. Uh, whether that's, you know, in the case of a lead generation based business, like a lawyer or an e-commerce business, it's the same, same yeah. idea or SaaS business, right? It's all, it's all the same. So that's the way that I think about my keyword research process. We're, we're still on keywords. I don't know how long we're going to have. I have a lot. I have a lot that I can share, but uh, try tell to me
0: try do. to tell me everything. Uh, yeah, okay. in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <I'll do laughs> and then best. next questions. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, so that's keyword research. There's a lot, obviously, I can get into on that front. A um, lot of other variables to consider, obviously, like uh, on, on the link building side is important to look at too. Like, how many links are we going to need to rank for this? Yeah. right. Uh, and that's links going to the domain as a whole. So mm-hmm. looking at the overall strength of the websites that you're competing against. Uh, and then also the links going to the specific pages that we're trying to be. Um, they both need to be considered, right? Because you can't just look at just like, for example, if you go into address and just look at KD, you're only looking at yeah. the strength of the, uh, of the page level, but you're neglecting the fact that overall site authority is way more powerful. So, um, so that's why looking at that as well. And then I'll, looking at other some resource elements too, like how much of an investment in content are we going to need on this? as well. Um, sometimes you'll find a keyword that has relatively low competition, but you come to find out like a lot of the content is actually good. You're like, yikes, Mm -hmm. like they, they've invested a lot into this content. Maybe they're really, um, like enthusiasts in their niche. So they're like, they understand the nuances of their industry. And like, you're competing with people who like, you don't have that same level of expertise. So that's why you got to kind of consider both. Right. Um, and there's other things too, but anyway, Keywords. Once we've got that, got that squared away. For me, next is audit, which I know is your your favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I won't go too deep into that. But doing a technical audit uh, for me is really looking at the site as a whole, right? I want to mm-hmm. look at the site as a whole and try to find every opportunity that exists. Um, and so, with my audit process, um, usually I'd say. For a good website, you're probably gonna uncover anywhere between like 900 to 1,000 opportunities overall. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's like, and those are categorized based on what's gonna have the highest impact. So for me, I just do it in kind of like a three kind of part. So it's like high impact, medium impact, low Mm -hmm. impact. Um, High impact would be something like, this page has no backlinks. We need to acquire backlinks, okay? And I'm looking at that based on doing my screaming frog crawl and integrating the, uh, the Google Analytics API, Google Search Console mm-hmm. API, and Ahrefs API. Also Google PageSpeed Insights API. So those four yeah. um, to get the full picture of everything. And really what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to find broadly the opportunity. Um, and usually what you'll discover in many ways is you're going to find internal linking opportunities. It's usually a big one. So crawl depth, uh, mm-hmm. internal linking, those, those make a big difference. Uh, I start to look for keyword cannibalization. But usually that's kind of stems from more of a page level analysis. So I'm not quite at that point, but still broadly, like if I see signs of it, I'm like, ah, Mm I'm
0: going
1: to start to investigate here. Um, And then looking also just at the content performance as a whole, like page by page. So what I'll do is I'll filter through and I'll start with pages that have, uh, you know, zero impressions from uh, Google search console, zero traffic from Google analytics and zero backlinks. Usually most websites are going to find a whole bucket of pages there that probably something needs to happen with those pages. Either they need to be deleted and just 404 to just get rid of them completely. Uh, Some of them maybe like they just got outdated and, you know, maybe we need to redirect them or upgrade them or whatever it is. Um, And then the other might just be that it just was a bad page. Like it just, (laughs) it's just, junk. Like it just didn't perform. So you need to redo it. Um, So for me, I'm thinking about like, what are the decisions we're going to make? And there aren't many decisions you can make with any given page, right? You're either going to delete it. You're going to consolidate, redirect, or actually sometimes just redirect without consolidation. Um, Probably only, I'm only going to be redirecting a page if there's some sort of API attached to it um so if there's like existing links but it has no traffic or impressions i'll all 301 redirect it to a, a relevant page if it has no links and has no kpis the only reason why i would do a 301 redirect is if i was trying to solve a keyword cannibalization issue so because i would want google to recrawl that and say oh okay this page is the one that i that we prefer for blue shoes Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I will do that for that reason, but outside of that, it's probably just going to get 404 if it doesn't have any any good reason to be because
0: mm-hmm.
1: every redirect we add just increases the the yeah. server load, right? So it, it, we don't want to do that very often if we don't have to. Um so content pruning is a big piece of what I like to do. I like to clean everything up. I like to take the trash out because there's just a lot of junk on a lot of websites. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I just did a video on YouTube this is maybe last week. Um and I did I just picked a random St. Louis car accident lawyer. Just picked a random one. Mm-hmm. Um and he had 3,000 pages on his site. And I was like, how could you have 3,000 pages? That's not even like it's not there's no way all that content could be good. It's just not possible to have Three thousand good pages on your site, unless you have a ridiculously huge team that can, you know, execute it. Like Nerd Wallet, for example, right? Yeah. They could do that, but a solo personal injury lawyer who does not have a content team has three thousand pages. It yeah. just doesn't work. I saw right?
0: similar cases with lawyers. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> right. It's very, very common in that in that industry, yeah. uh, but in many industries. So the point is, is I like to. This is my opportunity to prune, clean things up because. The worst thing to do is just like you've heard if you've heard this Warren Buffett quote before, he says like, "What's the best way to get out of a hole? Well, you stop digging, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. Just stop digging, right? And so that for me, I I think of it that way: is like we just need to stop digging ourselves deeper into a problem, and let's. And that's the funny thing is when when many of businesses that start SEO campaigns, they don't realize that when you come with all this additional baggage and all of this stuff like you're not really starting your SEO campaign. You're just trying to get to, let's call it break even, right? You're cleaning up all the stuff, you're getting to break even. Now, once you're at break even and we've got a good foundation, now we can do SEO, right? And so that's what I think about is like, we're getting ourselves out of the hole, getting a nice foundation, now we can do the fun stuff, right? Um, So that's kind of what the audit is, just to kind of reveal Mm -hmm. all of these opportunities um, on a site-wide basis the reason I specify site-wide basis because the next phase of the process is to start mm-hmm. to look at individual pages, like deeply. Um, mm-hmm. and so much you can uncover. I mean, just for one, like for, I, I have this like ranking diagnosis process where I go through and I look at every single variable that would influence rankings in one way or another from user experience to crawling and indexing to, uh, the quantitative side of the content. So like, actually like where the keyword placement is, the NLP optimization, like things of that nature, Mm -hmm. um, then getting into the qualitative side of the content. You know, we, we know about Google's helpful content update. Um, looking at a lot of those variables too, like, is this actually the best page for this keyword? Right. And for me, I think there's an important nuance on this point is, I'm not trying to make the best page that's ever existed. I'm trying to make the best page relative to what's ranking.
0: Yeah, totally. And
1: so, and I think sometimes people get that confused. They think they need to become like Stephen King or something to, you know, to, to rank. That's not the case. It's always relative to your competitors. Yeah, right? And
0: competition.
1: Yeah, and like, you can go way overboard and over invest in your content when it wasn't necessary. I see people over-invest in content. I see people over-invest in links. Like there's, there's certain sides of the equation. Like there's a side where people way over-invest because they didn't study the competition. They did, they could have just done like 50% less and still won, which means you would have been 50% more profitable. Um, yeah. but then there's the other side where people just don't invest in their content at all. <laughs> <It's just laughs> like, like, so it can go either way. Yeah. Um, but for me I, that's kind of like the qualitative side, which, I would say out of all the things that i I personally thrive in is that side. I'm I'm like the qualitative side of content is really where I thrive the most. Um, so getting that that part of it, and then getting into obviously looking at topic authority as well. Um, and so a lot of the times you can get all that all of that right. Uh, you can get perfect user experience, you can get great content. you have a unique angle. It's very different than the competitors um, hits all the EAT guidelines, you know, all that good stuff. But if you don't have topic authority, it's hard to kind of win on that front. Um, and I'm not looking like when I think about topic authority, I like to look on a real granular level. Um, so like, for example, I, I'm just did a video for my training for the keyword, uh, keyword research services, ironically. Um, and for that keyword, like the page that I'm trying to rank has hit all the right points, right? It's, it's a unique angle. I tested like 11 different keyword research services. Like I I got the experience component of the Google EAT guidelines. Like I got all that part squared away, but when I went through my diagnosis, what I found is it's the only page on my site that is about keywords and keyword research. I don't have Mm. any other blog content. it's literally, it's just this one (laughs) isolated piece of content. And now, like Google's smart enough to know, like, okay, you talked about backlinks here, and you talked about SEO content here, and like these things are you know in the same realm, but I don't have that pure topic authority around that really granular topic. So I need to 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 be able to rank long term, I need to really go all in on the keyword research cluster, if you want to call it that. Um, and so that's what I think about I was like, have i have I really nailed that topic authority? Um, and then outside of that, if I have passed all those, then it's a matter of links, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that, that's kind of my process that I go through. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah. Very, very long one, a very in-depth one. Yeah. Okay. So final question or two. So you now, what's, what, what is it that you do now? So you do both clients and got SEO.
1: Yes, so I still have a, I still have clients. Um, I'm slowly starting to phase a lot of them out and kind of give them off to a partner that I have who can handle the campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like most of my revenue these days is the academy. So, okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I have we have a, or we've been working on a SaaS product too for the last almost a year now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, the trajectory of where I'm going is basically going to be ideally 50% academy, 50%. Uh, SaaS, and then however those end up balancing each other out, I don't really care. Um, But for me, like I just love the training side of the Mm -hmm. business. I I really do. Like I I it takes zero effort for me to help people with SEO. Like just I just (laughs) love it. It's just fun. Um, Awesome. Yeah, and like it's not the same with client work. I don't feel that way. Like when Mm -hmm. I when I feel when I work on a client campaign, I feel like I'm tied down. I feel like I can't do what I really want to do. Um, and that, I don't like that restriction. I like, maybe I'm a control freak. I don't know what it is, but I just like, I, I don't like being capped either with my work or with my revenue potential. Um, and when it comes to client work, yeah. it's it like, funny thing is, you know, I'm, I'm selling this, this book here, uh, coming up here and it's about starting an SEO business. I truly believe it is one of the best business models for people to start like as a beginner. Like beginner entrepreneur, it is a beautiful business model. It gives you cash flow. You can take that cash flow and you can reinvest it into other projects. Like I would not redo anything that I did. Like I would start exactly mm-hmm. the same today if if I was starting. I would client SEO business, get cash flow, get stability, and then start to invest in other projects that are more scalable. Um okay. so that's what I would do. Um so, but for me, like the one thing about client work that is difficult is like a client pays you a budget. You got $5,000 a month. You can only do um, what's possible within that yeah. budget. You can't do more. Like you literally can't mm-hmm. or you won't be profitable. Like you need to make money too. So, um, and so that's, that's the catch 22. And yeah. for me, when I work on SEO on either, you know, let's say gotch SEO or any of my owned assets that I have, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. There's nothing like there's no there's no stopping um to what's possible. So I just like having that that level of control a little bit more um just to at least achieve my full potential in whatever I'm doing at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah.
0: So, okay, so yeah. I think we we would we'll have to have another another session more about your things because I sure. have so many questions and we are yeah. <laughs> running out of time. <laughs> it's OK, Yeah, but, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but like it's super interesting. So Nathan, what's the best place to find you, to follow you, to connect with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can go to gotchaseo.com. That's where a lot of the stuff you'll be able to find. I'm obviously uh, on YouTube. You can search Nathan Gotch on YouTube. I've got, I think, a little over 100 videos on there now. I've, I've been trying to publish like once a week, once, twice a week, no guarantees. Sure. Um, and then uh, Twitter, Nathan Gotch, and then LinkedIn, also Nathan Gotch as well. So um, okay, I'm around. Cool. Yeah.
0: I will link. Everything should be linked below by now. Okay, Nathan. So thank you so much for being my guest and for sharing your knowledge. And I really hope to have you again in the future. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.